first, I want to say thank you to all of you for being here and for giving the opportunity for us to just share with you guys. And yeah, the opportunity just to be here surrounded by people that we know that love us. And first, uh, I want to say hello from everyone in Colombia. They miss you guys. You should come back. And <laughs> in this moment, I want to start by praying, and then I will continue. So let's pray. I'm going to speak, I'm going to pray in Spanish. Is that okay with you guys? Okay. Eh, Padre Celestial, gracias por esta mañana, Señor. Gracias porque yo sé que tú estás en este lugar, Padre Celestial. Y en esta mañana, Señor, yo pongo la vida de cada persona que está aquí, Padre. Yo pongo la vida de cada hermano, Señor, y la pongo delante de ti, Padre. Pongo, Señor, sus corazones, Señor, y que tú estés hablando, Señor, a los corazones de ellos, Señor. Levanta, Señor, tu espíritu sobre este lugar, Señor, y mi oración es, Padre Celestial, tráelo, Señor, a este lugar, Señor, y toca corazones, yo te lo pido, Padre Celestial, en tu santo nombre, amén. Ok, so, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my life, and I want to, um, I'm going to start, like, I grew up with my grandma when I was a little kid. My mom got pregnant when she was a teenager. So going with my grandma, it was really different. I, was, I grew up in the countryside. I had a lot of place to run, climb trees, everything. And it was really good. But one day, uh, my grandma says like, okay, I can't have you more here because you need to study. And then I met for the first time that I remember, my mom. And well, for me, my mom wasn't really like my mom. For me, my mom was someone stranger. But my mom lives in Bogota and I was living outside in the countryside. So when I went and I started living with my mom, um, it was different, different from what I was used to it. I will tell you what is what was a normal day for me. And sorry if something comes out <laughs> that is not good. It's not my intention and sorry for my English. Not very good looking. <laughs> so uh, a normal day for me in my mom's house will be that she will get up in the morning, get ready for work, and then we will live in a small room and she will lock the door and she will go out. But my mom has problems with drinking and gambling. So later in the night, she will come home, and I was there in the room. She will go in, and she, if she was drunk, she will start hitting me because the room was a mess because I was a kid. So everything, she will just start hitting me. If she lost the money, she will come and do the same. Hitting, it means... You will grab whatever you found and just throw it to the, to the kid. In this case, my mom to me. So I really didn't like that style of life. And I felt like, okay, you know, I'm going to run away from home. So when I could escape from home, I will go out to the streets. But later in the night, I will come 
and go back home. And my mom wasn't really happy that I ran away from home, so she would start again hitting me. So one day I thought, okay, so if I go back to my house, my mom is going to be mad. So the best thing is to stay outside. And there was a pile of wood, and I hide in the back of that. And I thought, like, okay, I can see the door of my house. And I, I thought, like, okay, my mom is going to get there. She's going to be worried, and then she's going to look for me. So my mom came. Lights went on. Lights went off. She never came for me. So I was like, okay, no problem. Maybe in the morning. So my first night that I was sleeping on the street, that was that day. The next morning, I woke up. My mom opened this door, closed the door, and she left. So for me, it was like, okay, my mom doesn't love me. So I can be in the streets. I didn't, at that time, I was between five and seven years. Yeah, so five and seven is because I still haven't figured out the time. Because if I ask my mom, like, how old I was, she's like, you were 10. I'm like, no. Nah. And then if I ask my grandma, she says I was 15. So, <laughs> so by school years, it have to be in seven. So living on the street wasn't better than living with my mom. For food, I will ask people for coins. I will go to the restaurants and ask for leftovers when they were eating and asking like, can I have your leftovers? Can I eat? And living on the streets, uh, it wasn't so, it wasn't easy, you know? There was, there's so many things that I can tell you, but God has a plan. So in the, when I was living on the streets in Bogota, there was the social cleaning. I don't know if you have heard, but it's like the government will go in the nights on the streets at 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning, and they will kill all the people on the streets and take it. So I will go to bed, sleep in the sidewalk with one friend or another one. The next morning, I will woke up, no friends, but I was alive. How that happened? At that point, I, couldn't, I didn't have an answer, but God knows the answer. Later, I had a place where I started sleeping because God put some people to like, take care of me during the night. There was a place, it's a museum, and I couldn't, sleep during, I couldn't be there during the day because there's people and it's not good for the place. But during the night, the guard says, like, you can sleep here. You can come and sleep here just during the night, not during the day. So I was, okay, that's good. So Easter is try, uh, goes and goes. I spent one Christmas in the streets. They gave me two little cars. And I remember playing all night long with those two little cars, like a little kid. And then... The next, I fall asleep. The next day, the two cars are gone. You know, things like you, you, you don't understand, but that's like how sometimes kids are living. They're living day by day. There's no future. Tomorrow you have, today you have, tomorrow you don't know. 
But then I met this, this ministry that works with street kids. And they were giving hot chocolate and bread to the people. And when you're living on the streets, hot chocolate and bread is like heaven. It's like steak here. So good. <laughs> so I went over there and I did the line. And I was one of the last one because all the big guys will go first and then the kids. And I remember I grabbed my hot chocolate and my bread. And I was so happy. I sit down in the sidewalk. And then this lady came. She was blonde. She didn't speak Spanish like a lot. She sit me in her laps and says to me, you know, Jesus love you. And I love you. And she hugged me. For the first time in my life, I can say that I felt love. But thinking about that, it's not the first time I met love. It's the first time I met God. Real love. And why is this important? It's because I wasn't clean. I was in the streets. I was all dirty, smelling really bad. But this lady, this lady didn't care. She just picked me up, gave me the hug, and says, I love you. Jesus love you. Man. <laughs> I was like, okay. Feels so good. And then they told me, the group that was there, they told me, oh, you know, there's a place where you can go and be a kid. There's, you can go and meet another kid, and you can go and have fun. And they call this place the other way. But again, but this time I should be six years, almost seven years. And I, Bogota is big. You already learned that from Bibiana. <laughs> a lot of people. I didn't know how to get there. But I remember Bogota is surrounded by mountains. So it means where I used to sleep, it was that mountain. So for transportation, I used to hang on the back of a truck or the bus that I noticed that I was hitting to the mountain. So I grab on the back of the truck and then the guy starts speeding because they don't like you to hang on the back of your truck. And I was like, okay, I can jump. But no, I couldn't. That day I only had one tennis shoe. So if I jump, it was gonna hurt. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna wait. The car stops. As soon as the bus, uh, the car stopped, I ran two blocks, the fastest I could. When I got to the corner, I didn't know where I was. And I look up and I saw a little sign in the corner of the street that says, the other way. How that happens, but I, at that point I can't say, oh, God sent me the angels. And at that point was like, okay, but what happened? I couldn't knock the door because it was in the night. I slept in the door that night. The next morning, they opened the door and I recognized the people there, that they were the ones who were giving hot chocolates in the other place. And then they say, okay, this place, you can come. And it was, it was heaven there. <laughs> like every day I would go and have breakfast. I could go and they would give me new clothes. I could shower. And they were teaching me about Jesus. So I was really happy. But it was just half times. 
That means I have to go back to the streets. So I talked to the guy and like, okay, look, I, I don't have anyone in the streets. I, I'm gonna go back, so can I stay here the one night? It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they were. They said like, uh, we're gonna talk to the leadership, and then you, we can see. He says yes. So one week I was, I stay one day. Next week, two days. Third week, yes, made it. I was living there full time, and I really enjoyed that place because I had everything that I didn't have in the past. Then, for one miracle, my mom found me in that place. And I remember I ran to the back of the house and locked in the bathroom, and I was like, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to go out because I love this place. I want to be here. I don't want to go with my mom. I'm scared of my mom. I don't want my mom to hit me. She's not a good mom. So I slept that day in the bathroom. The next morning, they told me, like, I opened the door, and they're like, your mom is gone. Come on. I went out, and they told me, like, look, we have been teaching you about Jesus. Jesus loves you. We love you. You need to love your mom. So what they did is that they start a process that every first Sunday of the month, my mom was able to come to that place, and we will spend the afternoon. So my mom was there. I was here, and there was someone next to me. So we start working in our relationship. But this time, I went to school. Everything, uh, I start going to school. And then when I was like 10, 11 years, my relationship with my mom was so good that I could go and spend an entire weekend in her house and then go back to the ministry. In one of those times, um, I have two younger brothers. And what happened was that my mom, we had a problem, and my mom was hitting my brother. And that just brought memories from my past. And I tried to stop her. And when I did that, she just pushed me and says, like, this is not your family. You have your family there. It's not your business. And I was like, okay. But you already lost one son. Do you want to lose another one? Bad answer. <laughs> Bad answer. <laughs> so I went back to the ministry. And... Every first Sunday of the month, when I was going to the place to visit my mom, my mom wasn't there. The second month, my mom wasn't there. Third month, mm -mm. six months. Mm -mm. The, the bad part of this was that the other kids that were with me, they will come and say, like, look what my mom gave me. Look what my dad brought me. Look what my uncle brought me. And I was like, oh, my mom, no, she didn't come. I will go to this place every month and, and say to the staff, let's go, let's go and see in the park. Maybe she's in the park. Nope. Maybe she's in the restaurant. Nope. Let's walk around. Maybe she's, something happened. No, no. For one year, I did this. And inside of me, I grow angry against my mom, bitter, bitterness against my mom. And I was like, I hate my mom. I hate my mom. I hate my mom. And in Latin America, you can do, well, not that this is good, but it's like, you can do whatever you want. 
but don't say anything against your mom. Your mom is your mom. And my prayer at that time was like, dear God, please take her. I hate her. I hate her with all, all my heart. And this went year by year by year by year. When I was 17, 18, that I was going to finish in, uh, I was going to finish high school. For some reason, my mom found me in the streets and found me in the ministry. Uh, she called back to the ministry and she says, I want to see you. And I was like, no, I don't want to see you. I'm going to prove you that, you know, I can do everything. I'm, I'm done with, uh, with high school, but I'm going to do everything on my own. And I'm going to show you that I don't need a mom and that I don't need her. So I grew up, it, that was my angry against my mom. So, but at that point also, I was asking God for a DTS. It's a disciple training school. It's three months of teaching and three months going in the mission field. And I was like, this is going to be the perfect moment to meet God. All this time, I have been going to church. I knew all the songs. I knew the Bible. So at that point, I was like, God, you know, it's a Christian ministry. So I was like, ah, my desire is to get to know you, God. You know, I will pray to God. Like, people will give me things, and I will be, and everybody come and say, look, this is from God. God love you. Look, this bicycle is for you. God love you. And I was like, God, come on. You say you are my father. You read, I read in the Bible and says that I can talk to you, that I can see you. I even can touch you. And you're just sending people, people, and you cannot be real for me? I don't want you to send things for me. I want to see you in a real way. And when I was praying and asking God for to go to do my DTS, that's when he, for one of the first times that I started feeling God's answer in the spirit. This time wasn't audible that you can hear God saying to you, like, do this. This time was spiritual. He says, okay, Fabian, you want to know me. You want to change your life. That's good. And you want to meet me. That's great. So let's do, let's make a deal. He's like, I'm going to give you everything that you want, but you have to do one thing for me. I was like, sure, that's a good deal. <laughs> let's take it. I, I was talking in my prayers together, and I said, let's take it. Let's do it. And he's like, okay, I need you to go and say to your mom that you're sorry and that you don't have anything against her. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to meet you in another life. <laughs> <laughs> but because I will not do that. I was a prideful man, and I was like, no. And if you look back, what I did wrong? I was a kid. My mom got pregnant when she was a teenager. She abandoned me with my grandma. Why do I have to go and say sorry for something that I didn't even did? Like, no logic. It took me one year to take that step. But I finally went. There was once one time that I thought, like, okay, I'm going to go and say that to my mom. And I remember I saw her, like, at the end of the hall, 
I recognize her. And we will walk, she will walk, and I will walk that way, and she passed me. She didn't even recognize me, but I recognized her. But I couldn't say anything. I was like, <laughs> you know? I was like, it's your mom. Like, should you jump and hug her and say, like, hey, I'm your son? Do you shake hands? Do you hug her? Do you say, like, what's wrong with you? Like, hey, it's me. Like, I didn't know how to do it. But finally, we set an appointment, and I saw her. And I said to her, look, mom, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I want you to know that I don't have anything in my heart against you. It was not easy, but I did it. From there, God has been open every single door that I that that I want. It's not like even like he he's like, oh I have this for you. Like the things that I want, God always opens the door. And now I can say to all of you, yeah, I finished high school. I'm going to graduate from college. I'm, I was the first one in my family that graduates from high school. Now I'm going to be the first one who graduates from college. And now, yeah, I'm going to get married. Like, and my family is like, why are you doing that? Like, just live with her. Like, there's not the concept of marriage. So all I want to do with this is I, I would like to read. I forgot about that. Sorry. Uh, two verses. One is in, I don't know if you can. I know that we read this one this morning, the Jeremiah 29:11. And I want you to, to just, I'm not going to read it, but I just want you to see that. And, you know, ask God, like, what are the plans he has for you? You know, what do you have been asking him? What are, do you know the plans that God has for you? If you go back in my history, I was in the streets. That means I was nobody. If you can choose one person from Bogota to do whatever, I will be the last one because I was nobody for anyone. But God decided, no, I'm going to save you. I'm going to restore your life. And I'm going to make a big change and impact people with your life. So that's what I'm doing right now. And God has been with me, you know. And I encourage all of you to take a step of faith. And we know that we have neighbors, but God is not that big. We know that we have, we live in uh, Texas, and Texas is huge, but God is not that big. God is bigger. Go, go to people. Be that person, be that mom, be that dad, be the person who sit people in their laps and hug them and say, I love you. It's not hard, it's not impossible, and you can do it. Go and help other ones, you know? And I want to, oh, the last one is Psalms 
2710. Yeah. This is the other one. It, well, this is personal, but you know, God is in control of everything. You just need to trust him. You just need to believe that there's nothing impossible for him and don't have excuses. I did something that it was really hard for me. I don't know what's difficult for you, but God knows what is difficult for you. For every one of you, he knows what's your weakness. And sometimes maybe God is just asking you, give me that. Give me that. And I will do everything you, you will have everything you want. And it's not just having things. It's to know God's heart. You know, that when you go, you know what, what's inside God's heart. You know, and that's the precious thing that you can ever going to get in life. Is that you really know what's God's heart. And God's heart is for people who are in need. And if you, this ministry that I'm talking about is where we work, Viviana and I work, and other people. That's the ministry. That's the ministry that this church has been helping, supporting, praying, you know? So thank you. Thank you to all of you who has taken time to bless us, to support us, and to believe that God has plans for the kids in Colombia. Thank you for just taking the time to go and hug a kid. I remember the team over there. They love you guys. You know, everybody's like, oh, the Texans church. That's how they know you. And they love all of you, the ones that has been there. And if you go over there and say, like, I come from the Texas church, they will love you. So, <laughs> I want, do you have the first one I sent you? I saw this in the, well, no, the, uh, no, not the two verses, the, um, this, I saw this in Robin's bathroom, <laughs> but, And if you look and you think like God has his way of working things. And are you doing this? Are you really doing this? Or can you do this? That's what's God in God's heart, you know, that you can be an example for other ones. If you're doing it, good. If you're not doing it, you can do it. You can do it. Do this. I don't know with who, but just do it. Take a step. It's not impossible, you know? And I know we're totally different because sometimes <laughs> you guys are really blessed. You have a lot of things that we... They say Colombia don't have. 
you have been really blessed by God. Bless others. Help others. Be part of this dream that is in God's heart. So um, that's what I wanted to share with you guys. So you guys can know what is happening in Colombia. And in this ministry that saved my life is doing the same thing for other kids. That's what we're doing for other kids. Today, I'm the one who is standing up here and saying to you, this is what God is doing. But tomorrow will be another one. And the next day, and the next day, or next year, next year, will be someone that will come here and say, thank you. Thank you because you pray and support us, and this is what we're doing. And now you can see it with your own eyes, what you have sit on, no. When you plant a tree or something, sit. There you go. <laughs> You know, so thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here and talk to you. And I hope that God talked to your heart and that you can take that and ask God what he wants with that. You know, my prayer in Spanish was that the Holy Spirit will be here in this place. And I know that it's in this place. So... I bless all of you, and I say thank you, and God bless you, all of you.